What's going on, everybody? It is Tuesday afternoon time. That means time for the after time. Tuesday at 2 on a Tuesday. 2 p.m. Tuesday. Here it is. 2 for Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. With... Ben and Jeff. Hello, I'm Jeff. He's Ben. Hey, you ever go to Rubio's on a Tuesday? No, I don't think I have ever been to a Rubio's on a Tuesday. In fact, I don't know that I've ever eaten at a Rubio's, but I did sneak into a Rubio's to use their bathroom not that long ago. I remember the Rubio. I've only been to one Rubio's, the one at the mall. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that used, that used to be a fresh choice. Yeah, but they had a uh, they had a thing where they you get uh, fish tacos. For a dollar on Tuesdays, but also, more importantly, you get the churros for a dollar. Okay, dollar churros. And they made some pretty good churros at hmm. Rubio's, I remember. Okay. I would uh, I would be into that. I would yeah. be into some dollar churros. How many churros did you uh, put away? Uh, I think we just got like two, and then the plan was, okay, now let's go back and like... Yeah, really like, get them really, for these churros. And then it never... No, never that's... yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a I'm not a fish tacos kind of guy. Uh, yeah, me neither. I would get a regular taco all day long. I'm not even a regular taco kind of guy because they're usually onion and cilantroed up. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess it depends on where you're going and, and yeah. I don't and, even know what a Rubio's taco is like. Yeah, if it's like a I mean, Taco Bell. I, taco I would or? order them without a bunch of stuff on them. Yeah, and then. That's a hassle, but you're getting them hot. You're getting them fresh by modifying the order. You know, you're not getting like a taco that's been sitting there. That's right. That's why I always ask for curly fries at the little burger place by my BART station because I know they have to cook those up fresh. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, you're a menace. You're a, a real menace. I always tip. Okay. Well, that's, you know, tip your way out of the if you're feeling bad. That's, that's the, right. the ultimate solution. Um, we're here. I don't know. We're hanging out, doing a show. That's right. Uh, and we're ready to take your questions. We've got a few different methods for that. Uh, we've got a phone number where you can leave voicemails for us for next week. That's 707-EXIT-FLU. Uh, we're in chat. Uh, if you're uh, live with us right now in chat, there's an ask a question button at the top of the page. And then also in chat, there's instructions for contacting us via Discord. If you want to get on the show and talk live, we want to hear your voice live. Get live with it. Dreams. You heard about it? Yeah. You, you have any dreams? Uh, it's actually pretty hard for me to remember most of my dreams. Yeah, so I guess... How uh, you, Jeff? <laughs> dreams. Uh, dreams. They've been... Uh, I, I tend to remember more of my dreams when I am well-rested and not stressed. Is, are, we, are you segueing us into a Which, mattress ad right now? <laughs> so that's why I <laughs> offer, co- offer code after show. After code... After you got to turn the volume. I got to turn the. Oh, it's and it's playing an old song because I didn't. Yeah, you can see that's. So take take. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll edit all of this out. Yeah, this which is, is my favorite see. podcast joke. Yeah, let's uh, hear. Okay, let's uh, hit me with this good joke. That's the offer code. So just go into mat- onlinemattress.com slash checkout promo code. Yeah. Well, that was worth it. Uh. I don't. I. I so it's on such a delay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so. That's the thing I'm realizing now that I'm using a stream deck as a soundboard at home uh, for the rare occasion when I run a stream. Uh-huh. Um, is that it is not the the button? It is not fast. If you were trying to say hit buttons in time to some music or something like that, you would not be able to get it done. No, you need to have a couple seconds forethought on that one. And now it's got me thinking that I need to take that stream deck throw it in the damn trash and just run audio like actual like audio production software in the background with uh you know some kind of midi maybe some midi 2.0 midi 2.0 it's new what yeah there's a new midi, there's a new MIDI apparently i don't know anything about it but apparently there's a new midi better than the old midi i can't wait to update all my cell phone ringtones yeah it's gonna be sick uh the sickest ringtones um dreams what are your dreams <laughs> Where are you going with this? Uh, the Dreams Beta. Oh! <laughs> the okay. NDA has been lifted on the Dreams Beta. Oh, good. I can finally see what people can create in Dreams. There was no other place I could see. There was Yeah, they definitely didn't leak out all over the place all the time. Um, 
Have you been playing it? I am in the Dreams beta. Yeah. Uh, I have been for a short period of time. I have not created anything, and I have not spent a ton of time with it, which is why I didn't really bring it up on the podcast, because I didn't have too much to say. But I want to s- do a Dreams streams. What? So, uh, we should stream some Dreams okay. uh, one of these uh, days here, maybe this maybe this week, maybe next week. Yeah, I would love uh, to see it. Yeah. Um, now that that's been lifted, there's a lot of... Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, I, I saw a, f- a first person shooter versus AI, like a kind of fake deathmatch sort of thing that was uh, not fun to play, but interesting. And uh, you know, some adventure games that were maybe not super fun to play, but very interesting. And uh, there's been some awesome looking stuff uh, coming out of of this Dreams beta, and I guess like I it's I really want dreams to control well uh in a way that like little big planet maybe never did and i think that's maybe my concern with dreams is that uh hopefully stuff controls well a lot of stuff that media molecule uh has uh has uh made so far controls pretty well so my hope is that users will uh you know will will come up with ways to make their stuff feel better um than maybe some of it does right now. But, you know, like people have only had like a couple of weeks to bang on it and come up with shit. And people are coming up with some amazing stuff. So, uh, you know, give them more time with a full version of the game and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and hopefully you'll see some fucking serious shit. I think Dreams has a ton of potential to be pretty incredible. Yeah. So far, you know, obviously we were joking about it a little bit, but there was some kind of leaks here and there of, I replicated this and he remade that and just like that stuff's cool but I want to see what people like the easiest stuff to do whenever you're given an engine like that is remake something that you know like the world one one thing right I played it I played world one one exactly but it's like but it just is Mario and all that (laughs) other stuff like mapped onto things like they imported art assets or something it's but what I'm I'm really excited for is like the stuff that once people have kind of had, you know, you go through, you remake a couple of things. I want to see the original stuff yeah. that you can do in that engine. And it has really interesting music tools as well for kind of making your own music in it uh, and, and a lot of stuff like that that I think really, uh, again, you know, it's, it's just got a ton of potential. And I really hope that uh, when it comes out that there's some some real badass shit for dreams. It's badass murder simulating. No, I don't know. Um, and you can import audio and save it there. So, you know, if you had like a, let's say a character that growled like DMX, you could upload that to the server and other people would still hear it, uh, which I feel is important. Important and dangerous. Yes. Important and dangerous. Custom audio. Uh, they'll have to moderate the shit out of that shit. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I, we got some questions out of the chat here, and you look like you're uh, over there furiously lining things up. Um, I guess it's really cold everywhere. Yeah, uh, I just saw that Chicago was going to be a mess. Yeah, uh, Calo Unit says, with reports of this crazy wind chill in the upper Midwest, what do you think 50 below feels like? What is the opposite of 50? It's unfathomable. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like below a certain temperature, just like it's it's a matter of like how long can you stand out there before you go, oh god, fuck this? Because like I can get out there in like below zero weather as long as it's not like super windy and sleety and all other stuff. Right, I can hang out there. I, I'm I, you know I can walk out there in shorts and be like, yay! But the minute you throw some fucking wind chill on that motherfucker, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, once it like you can feel it going up your nostrils. Yeah, like that. Or like to your me ears immediately moment. hurt. Yeah. Uh, and like we're we're not the right people to ask about this because the Bay Area pretty much stays, or at least within a range here specifically. It's like between sixty and seventy five for seventy five percent of the year. It's been getting down to the thirties at night. Yeah, it's uh, been getting up, colder up, up, up north. Yeah, it definitely it gets it's, hotter it's, and it's colder. A, yeah, it's way more extreme up there. Yeah. Um, it's been fucking cold. I've been scraping ice off my windshield a little bit here and there, but not fifty below cold. No, that's for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, DC eighty eight twenty two says, "Are three do and M two abbreviations for something, or was it chosen just because they thought it sounded cool?" All right, so three do. All right, 
I'm going to lay this out for you the same way it was laid out to me years ago. Hit me. Audio, video, 3DO. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. The third one is the thing. You can't be... What? It super sucks, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's like a snake sucking itself off or uh-huh. a boros. Yep. That's exactly what they call that. Uh, uh, yeah. Ron Jeremy. Um, Kimoda asks, "Which is better, Dreams the Game or Dreams the Fleetwood Mac song?" Oh. I, it's, I feel like it's too it's too early to judge Dreams the Game, uh, and also too early to judge uh, Dreams the Fleetwood Mac song because uh, I feel like if you ask me right now, I'd say that Fleetwood Mac song is fucking fantastic. I yeah, I I but, will say it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, um, it's a good song. Um, possibly a good game. Yeah. potentially a good game uh i got one more here and then maybe we, when we kick it over you got a voicemail or a call or something like I that got a call okay on the line. uh dark uh aileron says windshield is not even real they secretly changed what windshield means about 15 years ago and now it's just a computer estimation of how you feel the cold machines can't feel uh you obviously never played near automata yeah that's right uh those machines feel like a motherfucker uh, they feel more than you've ever felt that's right I will never feel the way they do. Uh, why don't you hit me with that call? Sure thing. We've got a caller right here, ready to go. Hello, caller. What's your name and where are you? Hey, this is Steve. It's uh, 30 degrees or so in balmy Baltimore. All right. Baltimore. Balmer. Like Steve Balmer. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, it's named after him. Great. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's gr- glad to see him getting the credit he deserves uh, for all he's done for developers. What's your question? What's on your mind? So I've been wondering for a bit, because um, I remember talk around when Horizon Zero Dawn was coming out, how there were some offhand comments about, uh, like, it's kind of a stupid name for a game. It's kind of meaningless. Um, and it got me wondering, uh, what is your, what do you think is a great game with a terrible title? And what do you think is a terrible game that is a waste of a great title? Oh, hmm. That's a good question. Thanks for your call. Uh, I feel like specifically the thing with Horizon Zero Dawn is that they were three words that go into a lot of games, <laughs> uh, game titles and stuff. So at some point it was just like, shoot gun face, you know, or just like, you know, just generic terms that were used in a lot of video game names. It's like how we had dead space and kill zone coming out around the same time yeah those are those are both yeah there you go dead space terrible fucking name hell of a game yeah uh maybe just because it's fresh in my mind cocteau chojin back alley brutal is a pretty stupid okay it's a stupid name but it's funny yeah but it's it's memorable but the game is more memorable than the game yeah oh yeah way more memorable than the games uh daltamon says would you play nights into dreams in dreams mm. no I, I, I mean i would sure sure yes of course i would try it out i'm i that would i would go like oh let's see how this feels oh it feels terrible just like nights into dreams <laughs> dude nights is so bad it's so bad um pete fick asks should there be a new matrix game yes hell yeah what if someone actually made a good like definitively good game based on the matrix matrix fighters sure yeah no no i mean you wouldn't you would you wouldn't do a fighting game would you I mean, what you would could. you do I an action rpg yeah i guess yeah probably yeah i i, I think you know i still like an mmo you know like a <laughs> games as a service like if you did destiny okay lay it out they killed morpheus what (laughs) how do you kill morpheus that's he's the guy he's the dude (laughs) i mean killed him for real or just killed him in the matrix i guess it's kind of the same thing yeah i mean if you die in the matrix you die in real life holy shit unless you get uh to a phone okay also they can't do the matrix game anymore because phones don't exist anymore like public cell phones well, or, if you, that's yes. how fucking that's yeah, where I self, am right public now. Cell phones. I guess you're right. They are. They can't do. It. <laughs> well, if you remember, the Matrix was specifically designed to replicate a good era of human history, and that was when there were pay phones. So 
you could do it. It would uh, just yes. be even more of a throwback the than it was then. The best era of human history. The best era of human history Nin- back when there was America a- in the 1990s, 2000s. Oh, yeah, man. When Fred Durst was king. <laughs> when Limp Biscuit ruled. Now I'm just thinking of a Matrix fighting game. I think what I, I, I think actually a games as a service, like always online, like not an MMO in the traditional sense, but like some kind of story driven thing that they could drop events into. The same way dot hack works is the way a matrix game could work right is yeah. like hey you're it's kind of this game within a game world within a world type thing and then they start messing with it yeah actually oh my god i know they could never do it but a game that's like just sold as hey it's this like you know kind of like yeah, watch dogs like some sort of open world action game yeah and then about halfway, th- a quarter, like a third of the way through, halfway through, things start to you know bend in reality, and then you kind of find out you're in the Matrix, like, and it becomes a Matrix game. You're literally pitching Assassin's Creed One. Yeah. The thing is that they just couldn't stick to it. Yeah, like they from the first trailer, they had little elements of just like zip zip, like little things that they didn't want to talk about. It was like they very much didn't want to talk about it, and they very much portrayed that game for a long time as like, no, you're an assassin, and you're here in this era doing this thing. Uh, but if if they had just stuck to that and not started to hint at there being more and and actually just let that be a surprise, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, Footmunch says, wasn't CrossCode a bit like that? Yeah. CrossCode was a like game within a game kind of M- you're in an MMO. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's coming to Switch. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I might... Uh, I've been, I haven't gone back to it like I wanted to, but now that it's coming to Switch, I think I'll just wait for it there. I, I hate, and I hate that I have this, like, still, there's still some part of me that is like, yeah, man, the Matrix, that's a concept that they really fucked up, and what if they had made good on it instead, in games, or out of games, in sequels? <laughs> Uh, like I, I hate that there's still some part of me that thinks that the Matrix is cool, <laughs> because, like, it's... I, I feel like part of that is just how much the Matrix changed media, a lot of media for a while. Like, the Matrix yeah. is cool because it was important. Like, yeah. it was it was cool yeah. at the time, which a lot of things become are cool at the time and then become lame eventually just yeah. as time goes on. Sure. Because everyone else takes elements of Again, it. Again, like Limp Bizkit, very cool. Now, less so. I don't know which is worse, thinking that he was at once cool or thinking he is less cool now. I actually think he's probably cooler now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like weirdly woke, right? I don't know. I, I, yeah. Or I guess was I thinking yeah. of Fred Durst? I was talking about Fred Durst. Okay. Wait. Who, who are you talking Limp about? Biscuit? Yeah. Isn't he? Are they? Is he the same guy? That's, he's the he's the That's lead right. singer of Limp Biscuit, That's the right. band. Okay. Yes. He. I think he's like kind of Twitter woke now. Well, all right. Yeah. And and he was streaming on Twitch and apparently is a decent director. Yeah. Like a good director, yeah. like a respected uh, director. What did he do? He did um The Emancipate no, what was that? Uh, there's a yes, he did a movie. I think he's doing another one. Uh Fred Durst seems to be coming up a lot more lately now, and I don't understand why. I just I that happened to me. That's I feel like I'm doing that. Like I keep bringing up Fred Durst and I don't know what happened to me that that happened, but that it's just happening now. Uh so as a result, I've been in multiple conversations uh and chats and stuff with where Fred Durst has come up, usually by my hand, for whatever fucking reason. And uh, someone who uh, worked with him on a movie said he was very nice. He did a lot of corn and puddle of mud and stained music videos. Yeah. Okay. But then recently some more. Mento asks, Limp Biscuit is a person now? Yeah. Just much as corporations are people, bands are now also people. Yes, that's right. Uh, Durst was on uh, that uh, that Derek Beckles show. He was on Mostly for Millennials. Yeah, that's right. He was the DJ. Yeah. Um, Splodge asks, Ben... Why can't I stop playing auto chess? I have never played Dota, but now I know who Timbersaw is. Help me. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I don't have any friends yet who have gone full. You should get in. some friends. I had friends and I don't have I don't really I don't know where they went, but honestly, like of my core Dota group, which is, I don't know, between six and ten people on on a given like day of the month Mm -hmm. i would say that all but one are are playing auto chess a lot and half of them are only playing auto chess yeah it's crazy to see and i'm like i'm getting sucked in in a way that i honestly didn't think i would i typically 
to me, there is no worse feeling in a video game than getting completely screwed by RNG. Yeah. Just like, you know, that's why I don't play a lot of card games. It's why mm-hmm. I don't play a lot of gambling. That's why I don't gamble a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, but it mitigates a lot of the, the randomness. It, it, it gives you a lot of chances to kind of deal with what is it, it's. It's like why I liked Netrunner, right? The only card game I ever liked was Netrunner because I feel like that's another instance of a game that does really well at like minimizing the effects of bad RNG. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a combination of that, uh, the fact that it's easy to pick up and incredibly hard to master. It, it just is really a weird sensation. I. I, I love it. <laughs> I love auto chess. It's cool. Is auto chess just a 1v1? It's, um, no. So it's eight players. Okay. Uh, and you fight against minions for a couple rounds. So that was like my question. It was, like, it was like, you see your friends are playing it, but are you like queuing up together and that sort of stuff? Or so is it more? Are, sometimes are, sometimes aren't because like, you know, uh, but it's, is, it's is ra- it every, every person for themselves? It's every man okay. for himself. So yeah. You're not forming a team per se. No. And you're like battling other people's boards after time. So like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then at the end, you know, if you lose, you go down in rank. And if you win, you go up in rank. So we're kind of incentivized to play together because it's like, oh, we want to see who's best. But we know if we all play in the same games all the time, there's always going to be a winner. And we're yeah. not – like if we're all playing our own games, we could all theoretically win those those Right, solo and games. all move up. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of hard figuring that out. But I think we've kind of settled on let's just play together. It's more fun that way. Yeah. And it seems like that's something that as they continue to build it, like, does it feel fleshed out in, like, a fully done thing, or is it, like, kind of janky and fucked up? It feels pretty fleshed out, and they've, they're, they've already, since I started playing, which was maybe, I don't know, a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. they've already added, like, four more units out of the 30 that were already there, and they're rebalancing stuff constantly. I like the way they tackle rebalancing. Um, who knows if they're going to stick with this, but they have internal data, you know, of, like, uh, you you play with heroes like from Dota heroes. They have internal data on who the worst performing hero is, and then they just buff that one hero every week. Right. Yeah. That's... And just like like don't touch anyone else. Just like buff the worst one and see what happens next week. Yeah. It's, it's a kind of cool way to approach it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that is an approach. Um, for sure. Uh, you want to take a voicemail? Yeah. Before that, I got one quick question here sure. that I th- hopefully you can answer very quickly. Siegfried ZSM asks, where's Frieza's dick at? It's the tail. Okay. Hey, Jeff and Ben. This is Kel from Ohio. Um, I just had a very vivid memory of playing free versions of some Ubisoft games, uh, specifically Prince of Persia's Sands of Time and Rayman Raving Rabbids on the PC that had in-game McDonald's ads. Uh, I believe it's when you died in Prince of Persia and uh, in between levels in Rayman. Um, two questions. Can you think of other bizarre examples like this? And uh, do you think it's worth preserving these um, <laughs> in-game advertising things? Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. Nailed it. <laughs> Do you know what he's talking about? Have you ever seen those? I have not seen those personally, but I'm not surprised to hear they exist. Uh, in-game advertising was something that, you know, was all the rage for a while. They, they you know, before microtransactions came along uh, in, in great quantity, they thought that this was going to be the thing. Um, so Trackmania, not Trackmania 2, but Trackmania Nations, or Trackmania United forever, uh, had in-game advertising. So over the start bar... Uh, or over the like when you were starting a race, there was a little banner up there that was room for an ad to be mapped on it. Um, and a lot of games had this. You know, it, it was often like first-person shooters that would just have posters in world, and so it would hit a server and download whatever the new posters were. Uh, Burnout Paradise had uh, ads for the Obama campaign in it at one point. <laughs> Weird, uh, yeah. Um, and. So everyone thought that, and it was like, it was, you'd play Trackmania and it would just have like, it would just say like AM, PM and have a little picture of a hot dog. And it's the only one I ever saw. And then it, well, it all went away. And, and yeah, uh, that stuff was kind of supposed to be all the rage. And I think it does still exist here and there. Uh, I can't think of any examples, but like, I, that was, seems like another approach for that. It was like, okay, what if we gave out versions of our games that were fully supported by ads? Uh, and it would force an ad on a player when you you know hit a certain timer or or that sort of thing. Um, you know, yeah, that seems like the sort of thing that would there would definitely be 
experimentation around. I could see that being some kind of test bed thing that they put out. I wonder if they even did that nationwide. Yeah, I, I would be very interested to see that stuff. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, I stuff dissol- deserves to be maintained. You know? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's you know, like-, like that stuff is like more curious and rare and interesting than the versions that don't have that. Yeah. Not that those don't deserve to be preserved as well, but like that's that's fascinating. That's a, a, a example of what that era was about, you know, in, in a weird way. So, so yeah. Um, let's see. Local Oaf says you're hired to make a new Contra game. What genre is it, and how does it play? Like, I think it's got to be a shooter. Battle Royale. Okay. All right. You find the spread gun, you're pretty much fucking set. You know, in the Super Nintendo Contra, where you like pick where you drop on that little. Yep. Two- that top down. Yeah. Yep. It's already there. It's already there. Great. Uh, I don't know. I It's like I, I'm tempted to say I would just make a fucking Contra game, but I feel like they made a lot of those through the <laughs> PS2 and PS3 era, or not a lot of them, but. I don't know. Those games stopped being fun, but maybe because they, I feel like the developers of those games decided to really lean on the difficulty and just say, fuck it, we're going to make an ass hard version of Contra here for you. Because those original games were hard. And I was like, I don't know that I feel like those original games were all that hard. Uh, I think they put, should put Bill in Smash. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And they should also put. Uh, the Akari Warriors, both of them, but the, it's like an ice climber situation. Yeah. Wobbling with guns. Yeah. Ice climber is a good game. It's okay. Okay. No, let me actually, let me just say, I like ice climber. I, I, I like it more than Kid Icarus. Huh? I mean, yeah, you know, One's way more arcadey than the other. Kid Icarus is just a weird fucking game. It is really weird. Like I, that'd be might be. I wonder if that would be fun to go back and just look at and just go like, man, look at this bizarre fucking thing. I got my credit card. Yeah, that was a cool concept. Yeah. I remember everyone being very excited about the credit card and the eggplant wizard. Uh, oh, now the eggplant wizard would be getting up to something different. Oh yeah, the emoji. Hell yeah, I'm an eggplant wizard. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Dreadpan says, Ice Climber is no snow bros. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Nick and Tom, the snow brothers, Prince Nick and Tom. Uh, you know, th- we've all heard the rap songs about the snow bros. Uh, we know everything there is to know about the snow the snow bros. There's no need to dwell on it here. Um, Mento asks, how's Vesperia going? Are you sick of Carol yet? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've only had Carol for like mm, five or six hours, but yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like it. It seems like a really good um, port of a really good game. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. take a quick look this week. You're playing it on the Switch? I am. It's perfect. Uh, cool. Tactful Ogre says, potato chips on sandwiches or hamburgers? Yes or no? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I would never, or I never do this, but I'm not opposed to it. I like a... Um, Sometimes I like it for the flavor. Like I like a Dorito on a spicy Italian. To yeah. me, a, a Subway sandwich is not complete without Doritos on the sub. But most of the time, it's just a texture thing. You know, I like getting a little crunch in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I. Uh, you know, I still will uh, go for a burrito. What's got Fritos in it? Mm. Classic. Man, I could go for one of those right now. Uh, someone else asked, uh, hey, now that you're doing the podcast and the after show, when do you eat? Yes, uh, Joe uh, Motiki says, now that you have both the bombcast and the after show, when do you eat lunch? I d- typically don't. Yeah, typically don't. Or cram- like if I bring something easy, I'll just cram yeah. it. Like the, yeah, the, the length of time between the bombcast and the after show is pretty variable. Yeah. I think we try to get back in here as soon as we can. But when it's longer, odds are someone's eating something. <laughs> yeah. As quickly as they possibly can. Uh, you got a voicemail over there? Or you uh, some voicemails? Got something even better. Okay. A live human. Oh, no. On the phone. Hello, caller. What's your name? And where are you? Hello. I was told there was a live human. I just saw the circle lighting up. They were saying something. They were like, blah, 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 blah. But now he's not. 
Later. All right, let's let's go right into a voicemail yeah. then. Burritos, we've got Fritos in them. Oh, I have an update after this voicemail also. Okay. Hi, Ben and Jeff. This is Luca from Chicago. I've been thinking about game preservation lately and how we don't really have an agreed-upon standard. In my eyes, something like the SMK collection on Switch is as close to the scene to ideal. The video playthroughs, behind-the-scenes documents, and all versions of the game's archived. With ROM sites being vilified and more and more collections being released, do you think game companies will get serious about game preservation anytime soon? Could there be a game equivalent of a Criterion collection? Something like that? Keep up the good work. Bye. So, I feel like he was calling from like a closet somewhere. He didn't, he didn't want anyone to know that yeah. he's a nerd. He's like, I, he's like, I, got, I got to call this video game website from work, but I need to play it really cool here in the call center. I'm just going to act like I'm selling real estate to someone. And, and this is the best deal. The SNK, SNK collection was pretty good. SNK collection is pretty good. Jeff, you're more of a... Do you think there's a Criterion collection? Arch, archivist? Archivalist than I? Sure, I bought a lot of big hard drives. Uh, what do you think? What, like, who, who will... There needs to be a standard. I think that's a good point. I think that like, yeah. we do not have a standard when it comes to preservation of video games, like film, music, mm-hmm. all have something like that. Why not games? Uh, because the companies are not incentivized to do it, uh, generally, you know, uh, the SNK collection, I think is terrific. Uh, I think it's, it's, this, it feels like this great labor of love for games that in some cases might not even deserve it. Uh, but when you do them in a collection like that, you can get away with saying like, oh, we put in the hits and that gives us room to put in some real ridiculous stuff over here too. Uh, and I like that a lot. I think that's a really great collection and a good example that that's stuff I would like to see going forward. Like, it's not about the games being good or not. We're past that. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of these games are going to be games that maybe don't hold up super well to modern standards. But that's not why you're coming to them in a lot of cases, you know. Uh, it's interesting to see this stuff. Uh, and and I think that SNK collection does a really good job with that. Um, and so I would like to see that something like that become a standard. Like, yeah, you could see like a Criterion collection type thing or something. But... You know, game publishers are not incentivized, especially, you know, when we're talking about games from that era. They're just not incentivized uh, to keep that shit around. So the state of the archives are usually fucking terrible. Um, and, you know, you, you hear all kinds of horror stories about digging into company archives and trying to dig stuff out and figuring out like, oh, this stuff is not in a state that it can just, you know, be compiled. Like the source code is gone. Who knows where it is? Oh, it's on eBay. Weird. Uh and a lot of weird situations like that. Um, and so, yeah, the the ROM site stuff is, you know, like we're on the end of the cycle where companies are going after ROM sites again, which happened, you know, a long time ago and then let up. And now it seems to be in vogue again, at least uh, for Nintendo to, to go after that stuff um, and make it harder for that stuff to be accumulated, though not impossible. Like it's not, you know, they can't make it all go away. Uh, they're trying to stop the casual piracy uh, they're trying to stop the casual person who would just go like, I heard these Raspberry Pis are real popular and better. I, I hear I can put all these games on my NES Classic. They're trying to stop the, that person from finding those games so easily so that then they have to buy them. But also they don't offer most of them for sale and they won't uh, because in some cases they can't due to licensing and all that other stuff or just it would not. There's There's very little business reason for them to sell one-off classic games. Game room... <laughs> You know, a lot of things could have been better about Game Room. It could have been marketed better, all that other stuff. It could but have like, released Venetian blinds earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like Game Room, I think, proved that there's a limited market for, for like, hey, we want to pay 3 or $5 for these old games. I just don't think there's a ton of money to be – the money to be made there is such that it's not worth it for a company uh, like Konami to go do all the work to get that game together and, and, and provide it for emulation purposes. Um, 
And I think that's the stuff that they ran into is like, okay, you're forcing everyone to only charge $5 for these games. Well, we think we can get seven for it if we did a little bit of work to it. So we're not going to provide it to you, Game Room. We're going to keep it for ourselves. But also, we're not going to do that work because it's not worth it for us to do this thing for $7 because we don't think enough people will buy it. So it's just going to sit here forever because we can't find a good business case to do it. Uh, And I think that super sucks. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever the internet has taken care of a lot of that stuff. So as far as like, uh, you know, standardization in formats and all that other stuff, I think you have some people out there that are trying to come up with like canonically, these are the good dumps and these are the accurate dumps. And we're going to redump these dumps to make sure that they are still accurate. And Hey, have we encountered every single revision of this piece of software um available do we need to buy another copy of final fight for sega cd to make sure that we've got the alternate versions of this disc out there for example so you have people out there doing that and trying to dump these discs in a in an accurate way uh by using specific drives and specific methods and all that other stuff to get around the the read offsets inherent to a lot of optical drives and a lot of weird shit like that and it is weird shit um, but I think it's cool that people are out there doing that work. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the, the MAME team is doing a lot of great work as far as like trying to preserve a lot of stuff around games and, and documenting, uh, what made these arcade games and home computers and other weird things run. Uh, and so I think that a lot of that stuff is just happening at a hobbyist level. And I think that's really cool, uh, because they're doing it because they love it and, and, you know, not because it's a business case and all this other stuff. So I think that's how it kind of has to happen is it has to be people who care about this shit out there. Uh, guerrilla archivists, if you will. It's a kind term, I suppose, for what other people might just call straight up piracy. But, uh, well, it is what it is. To me, piracy has the intention of I'm doing this so I can spread it and like zero. Oh, you mean mean zero day wares. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. I hear, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's happened or not, but uh, Resident Evil 2 was not uh, immediately pirated. Oh. Um, so maybe there was, I don't know, maybe it has by now, I don't know. But It's really all it seems like you should be able to. Yeah, well, no. It's, yeah. <laughs> Got him! Damn it. Um, well, that's another sound clip I wanted to put on there. You shouting, got him? No. What do you think about uh, putting recordings of your own voice on a soundboard? That seems like a little pompous in my book. If I do it enough, then I don't even have to come in. That's true. Yeah. I'll just push the, I'll push <laughs> the Ben button. To uh, once in a while look up from the four computers that I'm looking at yeah. and say, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds good to me, dude. <laughs> um, did you watch that Fire Festival documentary? So I guess some I people did. Are, a few people asking which one did I you watch. I watched the Netflix one. Yeah. Um, they're both kind of problematic in their own ways. The Netflix one worked with the PR firm that put on the festival, and the Hulu one paid the dude to do interviews for it. So they're both like, ugh. Yeah. But holy shit, dude. I I don't know. I, I followed that story very loosely as it was happening. You know, I saw the tweets. Yeah. And then like, you know, the BuzzFeed articles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I just did not realize how dire it was at the festival. Yeah. The the, the photos and the, 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 the news about what the food was. And and just little, like, like, it didn't really get across the fact that like, hey, we don't know if we can go home. Right. <laughs> like yeah. we've been at this airport for 18 hours. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, you got anything else in the voicemail department for me? Um, what about the other thing we do over here? Oh, I like the other thing. Hello, caller. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, this is uh, John in Chicago. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, John. Uh, what's on your uh, mind? Um, recently, I, uh, in a pretty short period of time, went to both to Vegas for a couple of days uh, with my dad and um, to the namco owned arcade outside of uh, i live in chicago and uh, mm. outside of chicago it's in the schomburg and uh so it's just kind of a weird concentration of arcade experiences in kind of a short period of time and um i own a couple arcade games i consider myself kind of a an aficionado but uh, so i was really like hyper aware of everything going on there and just you know because casinos are kind of you know the adult uh, equivalent of arcades and then um 
stumbled upon a full-size, um, pretty decent arcade upstairs in, in uh, Circus Circus, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Mm. Spent a little time there and then just kind of going to the... Um, I meant to go to the, the Namco Arcade is now called Pac-Man Entertainment. It used to be called um, Level 257, but I guess that inside joke was to... Uh, yeah, yeah. To, uh, yeah, not, not enough people were getting it, but uh, so that was really cool to kind of finally get to experience that. It's, you know, like a super high-end and kind of clean. Yeah, um, so, did, so did, did, did they sell you like a pizza that was missing two slices? Like, what is the food like uh, at, at this place? Like, I saw the menu when they launched. I just wonder if they ever leaned into it a little more. Um, fancy pub grub and uh, a lot of sushi. Um, okay. I didn't try the sushi. I had just some kind of chicken sandwich that was pretty solid. My yeah. wife went there for an event a while back and said the sushi was really good. Um, huh. Wild. And I don't remember there being pizzas. but oh, Well, they're just blowing it at this point. Come on. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. Um, but yeah, it was like a really interesting mix of like, you know, they had a room in the back that was like really well super maintained, you know, not purely Namco games, but a lot of Namco games. And yeah. then all the kind of latest and greatest, including an enormous... Space Invaders machine that yeah. was all the screen is all built of LEDs. Yeah, that it's like a it's like a ticket machine, pretty much, right? It's like, um, a, it's, like it's kind of a redemption machine. I don't know if it spit out tickets, but like you sat on it and there, you had like a yeah, big a cannon a gun that yeah. you shot. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe there maybe it did spit out tickets, and I just never looked noticed. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I just like it was really really cool to kind of get like kind of this wash of, of arcade experiences in a short period of time, and then I. Also, with the gambling thing, I kind of started just kind of looking up some stuff randomly and, and happened upon the fact that there is... So you know, you're obviously familiar with the, the, the Pac-Man Battle Royale, the big kind of stand-up arcade, yep. pac, nice Pac-Man. They yeah, make. yeah. There's a gambling version of that, apparently. <laughs> and I am so mad I didn't find out about this afterwards because I would have walked to wherever I had to go to find one of those. But apparently, you can just straight up put money down and win by hustling people in pac-man which sounds like a great way to spend your time yeah huh that's i mean that sounds like also something you could do with the non-gambling version of the machine if you yeah you yeah know. but you're like but it is a little more shady to walk into your local barcade and just like start slapping down bills and just saying like who's ready who wants them yeah yeah they i, I wonder if they frown on that i don't know like that's i guess pool hustling at some point you know it was a rich tr- tradition we all <laughs> yeah, know the story yeah, of big g and diamond and, and everyone that's been out there doing it um and then Namco is also getting in on the. You, have you guys seen the Soul Calibur two arcade? Like they're straight up going to be Soul Calibur two gambling machines. Yeah, that like offer payouts based on how far you go in arcade mode. Yeah, I saw that some companies were starting to test like this concept of like, hey, this sort of sort of skill based. It's coming to Japan right now. And yeah, there's no, or UK. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah, um, the the it's cool that uh, Circus Circus still has an arcade. Circus Circus, I feel like classically was you know designed as the art. It was the it was the casino hotel that you might go if you had kids, uh, because oh, it was like yeah. oh it's like oh there's a circus here and all this other stuff. So I guess you know they they I feel like they always had an arcade. It's kind of awesome that they still do. Yeah, and there was like it was there were totally like new like big giant games, and then also like a perfectly functional CRT based Mortal Kombat three in the back. So I was really happy about that. Yeah, nice. That's uh, um, I feel like that's probably a lot of maintenance. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I figure a lot of the same skills that that have people that are maintaining gambling machines a lot of, and stuff like you can. Yeah, that's a good a point. Amount of it. Yeah, a lot of that probably does just translate um, right over. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, and, and, and just like, yeah, the confluence of, of everything, every uh, slot machine now is a giant curved screen. Yep. Like, and they're just, they look so super crazy. So I was really, yeah, I hadn't been in a casino in a long time. Yeah, no, that's, it's, I was in a casino, God, where was I? I had to do a night in Reno. I don't think Reno had a ton of those curved screen machines because it's Reno. <laughs> um, but I did see a few of them there. Uh and I was in Las Vegas, I think, the year before. And yeah, that that stuff is is kind of everywhere. Like, it's just gotten so much more high tech over the years. Uh, to try to make that shit flashy, to try to draw people in, it's you know the same way that arcade games have attract screens and try to you know use sound and stuff to rope people in. Like all those slot machines, at some point, we're like, well, we got to do something. Like, you used to be able to hear, you, it, like, Wheel of Fortune was the big one. It probably still is in some weird way. But, like, you heard that, like, that, that Wheel of Fortune noise just seemed like it was at a pitch you could hear from anywhere in the casino. Yeah. And you were like, oh, shit, <laughs> yeah. man, we should go play some fucking Wheel of Fortune. If I play it often enough, eventually I'll get to play the bonus game. And people just wanted to play the bonus game so bad they would just stick money until it into it until they got to play the bonus game and then lose and still feel okay about it. <laughs> 
He's like, well, at least I got to see it. Uh, it's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. Casinos are weird. They but, are. Uh, thanks a lot for your call. Hey, thanks guys. Yeah. Take care. Arcade stuff is, I, I can't, I don't know. I can't recommend getting into collecting arcade machines. <laughs> it's, I, I should, I should sell some of my machines. What's the first one to go? Um, probably NBA Jam. Oh. Or Missile Command. Okay. Um, I have a couple machines in the house that are technically not mine. I need to contact the person who theoretically owns them and say, hey, do you want these? Because they've been here for a very long time. Um, I want to keep my uh, Smash TV slash Total Carnage cabinet. And my NFL Blitz cabinet. Everything else kind of up for debate. But those are the two that I would definitely keep. Because uh, Smash TV is just a tremendous game. And I won that Blitz cabinet in a tournament. Uh, and it's a trophy of sorts. And it's in very nice shape. And and I like having that. I think that's cool. Uh, apparently 3Oct says... Uh, their parents won a quarter million dollars off a Wheel of Fortune slot machine a few years ago. Holy cow. It's a hell of a payout. I remember my grandpa won $50,000 off a scratcher when I was like seven or eight. Nice. It was, it was really cool. I think my parents won like a grand off a scratcher at one point. Like I feel like when like a lottery tickets now, like I feel like anytime I see people buying them, they just seem like they are in a desperate situation. Yeah. And, and they're like like addicted because they're literally like scratching off the tickets at the convenience store and then taking the winners right back in and saying, give me three more. Sometimes, uh, I don't know if, what the rules are on this. I just see them like buy it and then give it back to them. And then, you know, they have to scan them to see if they're yeah. like, don't even scratch off. Oh, right. Yeah. They're just like, just scan these and tell me if I won. Yeah. That's <laughs> terrible. Uh, also, I feel like uh, the scratchers that I see when I see them are all like, Five million dollars, and they cost like six dollars for the ticket. Yeah, they used to just be there were only there was only one type like of lottery of a ticket. Uh, originally, Mike. originally there was only a one dollar lottery ticket yeah. or scratcher. Yeah, and that was it. Uh, and, and like and for my one, it kind. was like one, two, and three, and the three yeah. would be like you maybe won like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, at my wedding, we gave out lottery tickets. Uh, there was like a you know like a lucky in love kind of yeah. theme that they had with the tickets at the time. We thought it'd be fun to put that in with like the like favors or, or whatever. Uh, the swag bags. Yeah, and uh, ended up with a few extras, and I think I won six dollars off one of them oh hell yeah hell yeah it's going straight into the honeymoon that's fund. right pretty much just like <laughs> paid for the wedding and, and then some <laughs> hell yeah um i yeah man i well i don't know my i think my only gambling like my good gambling story is the time i went to i like the time i went to las vegas for like a full fucking week which was a huge mistake um once once you're past four days yeah uh like the, it's i just i had nothing going on it was it was planned for a while i think i had just like broken up with my girlfriend at the time and so me and a, a good friend who would later become a roommate of mine we went uh and he was let's say friendly with uh a lot of flight attendants uh. or, or, or one particular flight attendant i guess but over the years there are definitely multiple flight attendants and so he would fly free uh, in a lot of cases. This was pre-9-11 when you could get away with weird shit like mm. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the middle of the trip, he left and went to L.A. for a few days just randomly and left me in Las Vegas to my own devices. Yikes. Um, and that was even weirder. I, I, was, I think I just like hung out. I found our, I looked for arcades actually is what I did. Um, but anyway, we got there and immediately started gambling. I'm not a huge gambler, but we started playing three-card poker. And I had earmarked some number of hundreds of dollars for like, this is going to be my gambling money for the trip. And I'm okay losing this amount of money. And it was like $400 or something like that. And I lost $400 in the first hour we were there and went to the ATM and got out like another $300. And 
basically got to the end of my rope where I was like, I can't, I need to stop doing this. This is terrible. And we just kept playing three card poker. And at the, uh, and then I hit like a fucking flush, like the second best hand you can hit. Right. And won back all my money and then some, uh, and enough to cover the hotel room and all that other stuff to cover. Basically it was enough to cover the full trip with a little bit left over. And I stopped and I have not gambled since. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, <clears throat> It's great. It's a great feeling. The, yeah. the last Evo, I not the last Evo I went to, the Evo before that, because I didn't want to gamble while I was working. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Evo before that, I won like uh, $500 combined between blackjack and craps. And I said, great. I've won. I'm up $500. That's yeah. better than 55% of the people who come to this city. Totally. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gambled since. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, I went on a trip. Um, THQ was putting out a motocross game. They used to put out motocross games. And so they had an event in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand where there was a motocross event happening. And uh, so they showed off their games. They had their event or whatever. Uh, or it was a two-day event. And in the middle of night one was this motocross thing. And I somewhere... Like, if, I don't know if they put it into everyone's rooms or what the deal was, but basically like, there was an envelope waiting for you. Like, oh, it's like, here's the itinerary of events and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And in th- with that stuff was a hundred dollar fucking poker chip. Ooh. And hell yeah. Hell no. It's literally a video game company yeah, giving people money. No, no, they're giving. They're, they're not giving you money. They're giving you a tool to make more money. You Jeff. could have. You could have walked that to the fucking cage and said, "Give me a hundred dollars," and you would have had a hundred dollars of THQ money. And so I think like there was some people who were like, "We should just go throw it on the roulette wheel," and then if you double it, then you give them the money back, and then you're ethically cool, but also you get a hundred dollars. No. And I was like, that is the opposite that's, of ethically cool. That is not how it works. These were not people who I worked with. These were people at other publications. Uh, I, and I looked at it for a long time. I'm like, this is fucking weird. Like, I almost wanted to keep it and leave with it as like a re- fucking reminder or example of just like, look at this shit. This is the, what you don't do. But at the end of the day, that's still $100. Yeah. Um, so I ended up giving it back to him. Uh, I ended up giving it back to THQ the following day. Say, so, hey, I can't fucking take this. What the fuck? Um, and, and that was that. And it was, uh, what you do. You go, you bet on black, you bet on black again. You keep going. That was the thought. Until until you like, lose. That was, that was definitely the thought. I think that some people had is just like, I'm, this is like found money. Like I'm going to throw this on black. And if it wins, maybe just like let it ride a little bit. And then at the end, give them back their hundred dollars. The thing is, no, you just keep going until you lose. Cause right. Just, but but see how high that stack goes and test your 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 self control. But then you've then you've kept and spent their hundred dollars. That's THQ's hundred dollars that they gave well, to it's you. It's already they spent, right? Well, they could cash no because they could take it back to the cage and they could get the hundred dollars out. Oh I, yeah. I bet that actually the PR person that I gave it to probably said fucking rad and kept it. Uh, <laughs> that Jeff guy took the hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Um, just a fucking bizarre, just bizarre. Yeah, Mento says. Turns out THQ really needed that hundred dollars. Yeah, should turn it into you draw tablets. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, Joe Matiki asks, uh, "Have you ever hustled someone in a video game?" Hmm. Yeah, Smash. And this was like back in the day before I was. Before I knew that competitive Smash was a thing or anything, but back when I was just like good at Smash, you know. Yeah. I remember going to a friend's sleepover and somebody wanted to make things interesting and I was just certain that I was better than him. And so I started, I picked like, I don't know, I picked some like Bowser or someone bad Mm -hmm. and like played him and could tell that I was like way better than him. Uh huh. And I lost and I got really mad. (laughs) <laughs> and like really sold it, and he was a friend. He like wasn't my friend who was hosting the party. He was a friend of a friend, so Perfect. I felt yeah. okay. So whatever, man. Guy. Fuck that guy. Um, his parents were both doctors. Like he lived in a gated okay, community. Yeah, it's like, fine. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, You're so redistributing I, the wealth. I, I doubled or nothing, and then that's so, when I walked away. I, I probably could have slow rolled him yeah. even more, but I didn't want to risk it because my fir- it was my first and probably only hustle that I've ever pulled. Yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely talked to some uh, longtime fighting game players about <laughs> the hustle of driving around to random arcades yeah. and working at like pool. Yeah. Um, I was accused of well, not even hustling for money though, but so. I like I said, I have that NFL Blitz machine in my house. Right. Uh, I got that, that by, won by I won that by that I, I won game. that by being very good at NFL Blitz. Yeah. Uh, whether I'm still good or whatever, I don't even know. Uh, I'm sure that there are people who play more of it now that would probably fucking whip my ass, uh, or people that have mastered the nuance of NFL Blitz 2000 and it's weird. Fucking, I don't like the plays they put in that game. I don't like the audibles. I think it's annoying. Um. So I stopped at an arcade on my way home, uh, Northgate Mall. There used to be an arcade there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a Blitz machine. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I was even doing there. I think I did like, I had to stop and buy a game for work. And so I was just there and walked into the arcade and uh, there was a Blitz machine. So I just started playing it. And a guy came up and said, hey, do you mind if I jump in? And I was like, dude, I fucking, yeah, let's go. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's fucking play. Um. And I fucking destroyed him. He tried to enter a bunch of codes. Of course, yeah, I entered the tur- the tournament mode code. So, but he was he was trying to enter fucking infinite turbo and all this other fucking horse shit. And he entered his initials and had like a very high record on the game. Which to me, if you're entering a bunch of codes and you're the high fucking higher, like you're scum. <laughs> uh, let's just call it like it is. I think yeah, it, unless there are like two guys goofing around, that's fine. Yeah, and you yeah. both like, oh, I don't really know how to play this game, but let's yeah. throw on some codes and yeah, have fun. That's not, yeah. Um, and I don't think he realized that I, I don't know, maybe he didn't even know what tournament mode was. Um, and at the end, he accused me of not entering my real name because he figured that I must oh. have like put in something else to try like to like. you're a regular. Exactly. Like that I was trying to hustle him. And I was like, oh, I, I don't, this is like the first time I've been to this arcade. And I, I usually put in my my name on my home machine. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did say pretty much exactly that, as it turns out, because I couldn't help it. Um, yeah. Uh, like, you didn't call him over to play and no. like, you know, no. that's not like you were looking for a, a hustle. You yeah. weren't like fucking Paul no. Newman trying to hustle no, people. Exactly. But I would love to have taken money <laughs> off that dude. Uh, no, the only uh, the only person I've ever taken money off of playing NFL Blitz was Mark Turmel. Maker, right. maker of NFL Blitz. And that's like totally open season. Yeah, because uh, apparently that's how they all played that game. Like they were fucking just, they were playing that game for money nonstop. And if they weren't playing it for money, they weren't playing it at some point because it was, it was the only way to, to like make it, make the stakes real for them. Actually, two, so two jobs ago, um, I worked at a place that had a little like corner office set up with a TV and an N64. And we would play the N64 version of Blitz mm-hmm. uh, quite regular. That was like the biggest crowd pleaser. That and like WWF No Mercy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a buddy of mine, Chris, he was like a, a big sports guy and he played a lot of games too, but like he was a sports game guy and he yeah. would always, we'd like all throw down a dollar, play blitz and like the winner would collect and we had a little spreadsheet keeping yeah, track yeah. of, um, but he was the kind of guy who was very easily tiltable. Um, he nice. would like if somebody else would like start shit talking, he'd get like, he'd tell him to shut up and stuff, you know, <laughs> and like. It would, it would definitely throw him off his game, but he was usually like, he could pull it together and, and win. And so on my last day, um, I was like, let's go, dude. Let's go one more time, just like for old time's sake. Let's do $10. Just mm. like, let's do it. So we do it. And I had a couple friends in the room and I, I had them planned. I, I planned that in the third quarter. They were going to start playing that song. I forget, always forget the name of it, but it's the one that's like, it's 10% luck and 20% skill. 100%. Fort Minor. Yes. Uh, yeah. To start playing that. Remember the name. It's literally the name of the song. So it's, <laughs> so it's, it's great that yeah. I can't remember the name. Yeah. They started playing Remember the Name louder and louder for me. And I like, started standing up and like just throwing out inspirational sports garbage <laughs> at him. Yeah. And it totally fucking worked. I won. I walked away with the money. <laughs> it was like, I, I can't believe I forgot. It was so fun. God. What a miserable job, but what a fun thing we would all go do yeah, during it. That's pretty great. Uh, that's that's pretty great. 
Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us here, unless you got anything uh, down there that you want to play or roll out or anything like that. Um, uh, nah, let's just let's call it. Okay, that's going to do it for the after show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and hanging out with us. Uh, we'll hustle everybody next week with some more of that sort of stuff. That's right. Yeah. Call us 707-EXIT-FLU. That's right. Voicemail. Give us a call. And uh, maybe we'll play your voicemail. We'll see you soon.